welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by Dr. Ogunkele of Origin uh, Fertility Clinic in Lagos, Nigeria. He joins us again to speak about uh, fertility. Today, we are focusing on fertility preservation. So welcome, Dr. Ogunkele, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, good evening, Tokia. Good evening, all the listeners from all over the world. So it's my pleasure to be with you this evening. Thank you for joining us again. Yeah. <laughs> so to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Origin Fertility Clinic. Okay. Like you rightly said, my name is um, Dr. Babatunde Ogunkile. I'm a consultant, gynecologist, fertility specialist, and medical director at Origin Fertility. Origin Fertility, we partner with couples who to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. We offer varieties of assisted reproductive technique, which includes intrauterine insemination, in vitro fertilization, which has many parts to it, like donor garments, sperm donation. We do pre-implantation genetic testing for unemployed mono genetic disorder. We also offer cryopreservation preservation services right. for varieties of people and varieties of reasons. So, I mean, for various reasons. So, well, Origin Fertility is at Ikoyi in Lagos, Nigeria. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That sounds really extensive, the level of service that you do have available. Um, so, like I said earlier, I know that today you're educating us. I mean, last time we spoke about impact of age on our fertility. And today we wanted to speak further about that and move into uh, fertility preservation. So you wanted to educate us about that. For anyone listening, what do we need to know? And what is fertility preservation really? Yes, you know, fertility preserve. you know, when we begin to recognize um infertility as a mm -hmm. disease well some of us will call it that maybe infertility is a need but i think globally it's being recognized as a disease now so yes. and it is important to prevent any disease just like you're going to take vaccination for covid for uh, common cold i mean flu shot and all so we begin to look at infertility the preventive measures and infertility to avoid unintended uh, childlessness in future. I know preservation start with um, or started with sperm. I think the first yes, sperm uh, freezing was the first thing to take place. I think that was in the 1950s. I think about 25 years later, that was when we started freezing um, embryos. Then later. <laughs> Outside freezing, outside eggs. The freezing started some years later. And you know, 
with the outside freezing, I think the first um, child birth from outside freezing was in the, I think 1986 thereabout, and was done by a doctor in Singapore. But basically for, yes, for freezing, in the, uh, for fertility preservation initially was like the essential preservation, essential in the sense that people who will undergo certain medical condition that will predispose them to infertility in future, most especially the the people undergoing uh, cancer treatment, either through radiation therapy or um, or through chemotherapy, that is the uh, use of medication, because most of the medications are not friendly to the garment, sperm, eggs, ovary, testes, they're not friendly. So as a result of that, just before they start their therapy, since they're still considering future fertility, they're encouraged to freeze their sperm, freeze uh, eggs, especially for those ones that are not, obviously these women who are not married that will freeze eggs. Then some years later, we get into the, I mean, we got into the part of social outside freezing for various reasons. People who are after their career, not ready for to settle down to have a family yet, or women who whom even they are ready, but there's no suitable partner, whether they've experienced terrible relationships with the maybe their male partner, they may decide to freeze their outside in future, hoping that they will meet somebody that is suitable for them. So basically those are the indications for um preservation. It's just to prevent fertility. So infertility. So one can view fertility preservation as a um, kind of reproductive insurance. Right. So, uh, I mean, that's how we started. And that's where we are at right now. The fact that now we have social freezing and in some cases they have been done because of perhaps uh, medical conditions that people were dealing with. Um, but in terms of social freezing, and just thinking that perhaps in the future people might choose to get married or they might choose to become single parents, whatever the case might be, uh, them choosing to uh, preserve their fertility. Is this something that uh, women and men, perhaps in universities and colleges, do we all need to start getting our fertility tested and then preserving our fertility for the future? Should we all be doing this? Should, should this be for everyone? No, I I wouldn't say it's, it's, uh, it should be college-dependent, but I think it should be age-dependent. Once you get to a particular age, that you feel that you're becoming conscious of the fact that you want to start a family, but for some reasons, or or you want to have a family in future, and for some reasons you think that there may be delay in that path, then those are the people that should come to freeze. And, you know, the earlier the decision is made the better for them because once it is delayed then the the chance of having that family in future also 
uh, diminishes significantly. Right. So what age is that then? So, you know, okay, let's talk about sperm. You know, what with sperm is not, um, freezing, preserving sperm is not as, um, it's not as laborious, it's not as time-consuming mm -hmm. or tasking like preserving eggs. I know, by the way, it's not only sperm that uh, one can preserve for uh, for a man. We can also preserve testicular tissue oh. for a man. Yes, just like we can also preserve ovarian tissue for um, women, especially young um especially young female child one can preserve ovarian tissue and later transplant back into the to the patient right so for for sperm freezing what is done after appropriate counseling i mean the discussion that they need to have which will be financing probability of recovery in future and what needs to be done. So in terms of and some tests, obviously the man will need to do semi-analysis first right. to determine whether there's even sperm in the ejaculate. And once there's sperm in the ejaculate and after appropriate counseling, sperm can be frozen and stored for as long as possible. Because in, in, in Nigeria, as of now, we don't have a, a cap. Okay, that's good. And when unused garment should be disposed of, there's no, there's no regulation as of now, like in some countries like UK. I think there's a cap in the UK that you can't freeze your garment beyond, um, I think, 10 years. But I, yeah, it now, was. They changed it. Yes, I believe that it's being reviewed, especially after COVID, and a lot of people mm -hmm. are coming forward contesting such regulation. At least one should be able to have right, not government exactly. on their own government. <clears throat> now, going back to oocyte, the oocyte freezing. Which is eggs. The, Yes, yes, the eggs freezing. I think we should use eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yes, I think we should use eggs so that we can connect um, with our audience so more right. than more than OSA. I think OSA is a bit technical. So for egg freezing, number one, why age is very important. The younger the person is the fewer the number of eggs that will be required to store to achieve that future uh, family desire. The older the person gets, <clears throat> the more the number of eggs and also the lower the chance of achieving that. You know, because the younger eggs are likely to throw out well, uh, when it's going to be used compared to older eggs from the older woman. And you know, there's a study that, um, this was done in 2013. Maybe there has been some improvement over the years anyway, but this particular study is that after three cycles, a woman who um, froze her egg at 
25 has 31.5% chance of having a live bath. Compared to somebody who throws an egg at 40, 14.8% chance. And the reason is because air quality attrition rate is high with um, an older age group. Right. When, yes, sometimes it may actually be better for these old women. These are the discussions that should be held by the physician when a patient comes forward that he wants to freeze eggs because they, you know, the expectation is, knowledge is different, which may shape their expectation. So it's the role of the physician to put everything on the table that you probably require more number of eggs and also to let them know that it's not a fail-safe insurance. So that discussion, discussion should include the procedure itself risk associated with the procedures, the number of times that the woman would have to undergo that procedure of um, egg recovery, the financial implication of that, the chance of life birth after uh, in future when it's going to be used to when I attempt to have a child and the probability of usage of such garment. And you know, sometimes one has to discuss the post humorous utilization of such garments, you know, especially people who are undergoing a cancer treatment. Yes, we hope they survive, but what if they don't survive? Even in normal in other people doing social egg freezing, life can happen. Right. So that discussion must be had that in event of death, what should happen to this government? Or in event of non-usage, what should we do to the to their government? Who who should have right among their relatives? Right. These are the discussions that should be held. And you know, why age is also important. You can imagine somebody who is just 25 and is concerned about a partner not, not finding a suitable partner. And you know, at 25, it's still, it's not the same as when you're 37. So the probability, there's still a good chance that she might meet somebody before she turns 35. And you know, on that attitude, the first thing is to try naturally. Right. As, and at that age, the probability of pregnancy is still high. So what would happen to the external so, right. so, I mean, it's not to say don't do or do. It's to just uh, stimulate some thinking that can also shape their uh, decision. Yeah, which is very important because sometimes people do, like you said, if, if, they, if someone passes away, which we had conversations about that and people start fighting about uh, what happens to the person's sperm, can the wife or partner use it, can they not, what happens yes, to the embryos, and even if people break up. So it's important to have those conversations and to have everything yes. documented properly. Yes, ex exactly. 
one aspect then the you know for you know in a way we talked about sperm freezing i think the only thing that is difficult for men in terms of getting their tissues where if one wants to do a testicular tissue freezing because that involves some surgery but you know there's no way around that of egg freezing there is surgery and is more is intense is more laborious is going to restrict their movement for the period because during monitoring you cannot go away for a long time right i can't leave the immediate environment so it need to eat it requires a bit of dedication and that person has to be intentional about it and also there can be some accompanying emotional roller coaster in the sense that um if she's not responding well to stimulation so let's briefly go through what apart from because i mean everything starts with consultation whether for social freezing or for um, medical reasons because the first thing is to have consultation and evaluate the woman evaluation means that okay general health then the ovarian reserve especially because the ovarian reserve will help the doctor not go on to to um, manage the expectation of the particular woman also be able to prescribe the appropriate dose for stimulation so an investigation maybe a transvaginal scan for antra follicle counts um, anti serum antimalarial hormone to estimate some people combine the two i like to combine the two because for their sensitivity and um, in terms of predicting response right so then the medication used is just like in ivf the only difference between a freezing procedure and the proper ivf is that there's no attempt to fertilize the egg so egg freezing stops at um, egg retriever so so the first is um after evaluation and appropriate uh, counseling discussion so medication start medication are usually any um injections we we advise a patient to do the to administer the injection themselves so that they can have control over over their treatment and in a way it also helps them in um, how, how would i put it should i say um in a way it puts them in proper involvement it's not right. i mean they need it themselves so they know that they are 100% involved in in doing it. but of course if they have a partner who can help them be a friend or i mean it's possible to have a partner and not wanting to start a family yet uh, probably you know in some in some countries you cannot uh, you can freeze eggs but you can't freeze embryos so it depends on the law of that country so they may decide to do so a partner can also help in administering the injection of course 
they come for follow for monitoring, which is also ultrasound based on blood test occasionally. And once follicles are mature, they come for egg retrieval. The process of egg retrieval is actually, average time is about 30 minutes for the actual procedure itself. But for observation after surgery and before discharge, maybe they spend like two hours in the clinic, depends on the kind of anesthesia that is used for the procedure. And of course, we will warn patients about the risk of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, which which is a major risk for stimulation. But now things are better. Things are better in the sense that there are protocols that are suitable for oocyte freezing. People who are not going to have embryo transfer and, they, and such protocol reduces the the, the risk, of risk of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome significantly. So, okay. Hmm? Okay, so so you're saying that um, you know, with uh, ovarian reserve, you use both the test AMH blood tests and an ultrasound to confirm the ovarian reserve. So going back to my question earlier, then should we? all be getting tested because as a woman if you don't get your ovarian reserve checked you're not going to know what the situation is if how like if you have a whole lot of eggs left in your ovarian reserve or not and as a man you're not going to know if your sperm is okay or not unless you get sperm analysis done so at some point Perhaps the reason why I noted college university earlier was just because I thought well perhaps late or early 20s uh, at some point, should we be getting tested anyway, just to know what the situation is and if we need to preserve our fertility or not? You know, what the, the way I'm going to answer that question is yeah. that is number one, to just create awareness. Mm -hmm. And testing should be individualized based on, based on the person. Anybody who want to, I mean, at any point in time that you get worried about your fertility, I would say you should test because in both men and in men and women, um, I would say infertility is still because it's going on and you don't even know right. until you do the test to expose whether you are infertile or or fatal. And you know, sometimes the test is also not a predictor of uh, future fertility in quote. Uh, right. And I'll explain that. A young lady who get tested today, AMH is okay, uterus is fine. Uh, she's 25, I mean, so everything concerning Fertility is is okay. Our mm -hmm. assessment, and three years later, I, she gets married to a man who is azospermic. Right. I mean, azospermic man who change the dynamics of that family from mm -hmm. so a woman three years ago who is classified as being fatal. 
it suddenly becomes infertile. You know, in terms of, that's why I said in quote, in quote in the sense that is because of the, her partner is unable to have, to start a family or to have the family she desire without intervention. Mm -hmm. So if such woman had done the test, yes, it's good for knowledge, but it's not a guarantee, it's not invariably that she will be able to get pregnant without any intervention. So that's a key word. It doesn't because if in any relationship, the fertility potential or the capacity to reproduce in that relationship is some total of the uh, reproductive capacity of the parties in the relationship. Right. So, but it's good. I would say that at any point in time that you're concerned about your fertility, you should do the test. At least AMH is not as, I would say, also in quote, it's not as invasive as doing a cavity scan. Because for somebody who has not initiated sex, to do a transvaginal scan may be somehow, meaning that you may result in doing abdominal scan, which is not as yeah. accurate in terms of uh, antrafollicle, uh, doing the antrafollicle count. So AMH is just a needle prick. Mm -hmm. Okay, and for men, they just get the sperm analysis done. Yeah, you just get the sperm analysis. If the best way to bring out the semen is true, is I mean, what is advocated is true um, masturbation. Right. Okay. So, of course, there are other methods. There are non-spermicidal um, condoms. What it means that that man should, must have a partner. Right. To okay. be able to do every other thing apart from us, uh, to be able to bring out semen mm -hmm. uh, through other methods apart from masturbation, then that he requires a partner. Good to know. I just thought it was important to have uh, to talk about that just for people to know, for anyone listening, just wondering. Um, and of course, you said that uh, with freezing eggs, not a guarantee. And of course, there's always conversations about. Um, uh, embryos uh, stored or frozen is better than eggs just because of the whole toying process. So just for anyone wondering about that, um, if you're in a relationship and you're sure that that partner is someone you might want to have children in the future, is it better to freeze embryos then as opposed to eggs? You know, I, I will... If you're in a stable relationship and you are committed to having a family together in future, and if they're concerned, I would say that they should freeze embryo rather than freezing eggs. If the law of that country permits that, I know sometimes even in um, in outside freezing discussion, sometimes it's the responsibility of the physician to also advise them that at you know, for instance, if I have a woman who is 39 and wants to freeze her egg, I would rather advise her to either attempt to get pregnant immediately rather than freezing the eggs, either through donated sperm for intrauterine insemination or, or IVF. 
remember like I, I, as I mentioned earlier, age is very important because we know that the quantity and the quality of eggs continue to decline as we grow older. Right. So what it means is that if you're freezing egg at 39, it's possible that you're freezing abnormal eggs. So mm -hmm. why not try to act, attempt pregnancy if you're truly interested in having a family? It's better to just attempt pregnancy immediately rather than trying to freeze, and rather than trying to freeze the eggs. And I, but I mean, it's not totally ruled out for them. Is still the decision is is the discussion that the physician should have with the patient as well. Right. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I think again, like but, just but, yeah. Yes, but to answer the question, I I rather freeze an uh, embryo. Like when, you, when this, yes, right. yes, when when it is when the possibility when is mm -hmm. yes. If I have to choose between freezing eggs and embryo rather freeze embryo right but of course when you freeze the embryos you definitely want to have that conversation and sign the proper documentation yeah proper. For what even, happens. With the, even with the egg freezing because right, you can freeze, you, yes in for embryos because there are two parties now especially if they are if yeah if two partners have come forward and they are not married even when they're married of the course, document should still be signed. Mm -hmm. Yes, in event of divorce, in event of death, who whose property is the embryo? Yeah. So that discussion that should be, and of course, if the finances should be also be discussed because it's like when when you store eggs, embryo, or sperm, it's like you're renting a house in a fertility ah. clinic. So you need to pay for storage fee. Some depends on the clinic. We do annually. Some clinics they do monthly, but I think annually is is um is more convenient. Yeah. Or it's for both the patient and the and the clinic. So I just pay once and forget about it rather than having to think of payment every month every month yes and at the anniversary of each year then you can decide if you want to keep storing yes. it or without how you want to proceed mm -hmm. without without any calculation or trying to prorate um... right okay so and uh, with this freezing either eggs embryos or sperm you do that at your clinic that service is available yes we, do. Yes, okay. we have we offer such services okay and people can so, come mm -hmm. go ahead so we, we, we freeze eggs, um, embryos, sperm, so people can come from all over the world. And okay. we're able to manage the logistics as well. Okay. And like you said earlier, anyway, there's no time limit uh, as of this time in terms of the storage. So people can have it potentially for as long as they need. Yes, for as long as they need, and for as long as they pay the rent. Right, of course. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's important. <laughs> yes, that is important. Okay, good to know. I think this conversation is definitely really important for us uh, as a society and across the globe because, again, uh, infertility is rising globally and it's important that people know uh, prospective options that are available. Um, because one of the things that I think people as they get older is things they wish they knew when they were younger. 
So. Yeah. And it's, um, it's very important to create awareness. I think when people become aware of this, um, when people become aware of the fact that infertility can just creep in yeah. without knowing that he's, he's very stilled in his, uh, in his behavior, and that the fact that unless you get tested, you don't, you don't know where you stand. And now that we know that there's um, technology to preserve a kind of insurance, even though it's not foolproof, I mean the way the way I see it is that the, the cost of not doing is a lot more than the cost of doing it, even if at the end of the day desire is not met. Because cost of not doing it will come with certain regret. You know, cost of doing it, even when desired objectives are not met, may mean that okay, well, I tried my best. Thank you, Doctor. And for anyone wanting to reach out to you and connect or perhaps ask more information about fertility preservation, uh, is Instagram the best way at Origin Fertility? Is that the best way to reach you or contact your clinic? Now, Instagram is one of the ways. We have a website, originfertility.com, then our telephone numbers and, and our social media handle. So okay. we can be rich, email, Instagram, telephone, I mean. And the website. Yes, and the website. Okay. And as a wrap-up, is there any other information that you'd like to provide today or share with us today, Doctor? No, what I'm just going to say is that we should become very conscious of uh, fertility and what we desire in future. If we desire to have a family in the future and you are not married by the age of 30, 32, I think freezing eggs should be a serious consideration. Right. And likewise, for you know, men also can become infertile later in life. Maybe not necessarily being unable to impregnate a woman, but with men, miscarriage you reach increases with age. And that's important for people so, to know. Yes. Because people don't yes. know that uh, the sperm also kind of, impacts that. Yes. You know, with age, uh, all the, virtually all the prior sperm parameters decline. Wow. Yeah. We definitely need awareness about that. Thank you for sharing, Doctor. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, it really has been very informative and insightful session. I think it's so important. Like you rightly said that awareness is important because when people know, then they can make uh, better decisions and informed decisions. So thank you for always taking the time to create awareness, to educate us and to let people know about that fertility is so important. Uh, other people choose to have children or not. It is good to know the options and then decide on how they want to proceed. So thank you so much for your time and dedication and passion. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, sir. I will look forward to having you again in the near future for other conversations. 
Uh, sure, I'll be available anytime. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.